Hello there, I'm Clara Ampho and welcome back to This City, a podcast dedicated to the stories, the places and the people of our wonderful capital city, London. Now, each episode, I'll be talking to some of the city's most recognisable names, whether they were born here or have made it their second home, to hear their very own love letter to London. Our guest this time around is a true sweetheart of South London. She has been the voice of so many tunes that we have all loved raving to, no matter where you are in the country. To be honest, no matter where you are in the world. I've had the pleasure of playing her songs on the radio for many years now. I've had the pleasure of getting to see her perform live many a time and dance alongside her as well, which is always a great time. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. We go on a journey from her days as a music-loving sports shop sales assistant to her becoming a platinum-selling headline-touring artist. So let's go on this journey, shall we? This is the brilliant Casey B. Oh, dear listener, I'm really excited today because I've got somebody that I've wanted on the podcast for ages because I know she's got lots of fun London and life stories to share. <laughs> she being the one and only Katie B. Uh, Welcome to this city. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that um, you've asked me to be on this podcast because I have I was listening to um and I was like, oh, God, I just hope Clara asked me to be on this podcast because I'm just, yeah, a, a big fan of it. I think I, I think the Sugar Babes one was my favourite, definitely. Oh, yeah. you know what? I love talking to those three. <laughs> the OG three forever. The OG three forever. You know? But, yeah. but on, it, honestly, it's so great to have you on because when I think about formative years going raving when I think about moments <laughs> that people have enjoyed together in the club when I just think about I don't know that like the 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 spirit of a good South London girl. I'm like it's Kate. It's it's, it's Kate. Do you know what? It's actually funny because you know? um, I think I didn't Red Bull Music Academy like in when I was like 18, and it was like in London. So Red Bull would get these different um, musicians from all over the world, and it would be in a different city every year, and they'd pay for you to go like to Tokyo or like New York or whatever. And then I got you know when it was London, and I was like. This is so dry. Like, like I, I want to go to Tokyo or whatever. Like, but the year that I do it is London. Um, but then they did like a tour of London while I was on the bus, and uh, they they got like one of those you know open top buses to take everyone around. Yeah. And as they did stop around the whole of London, I was like, oh, that's where this happened, or that club, or this, or whatever. And I was like so proud, you know. And um, and it also made me realise I probably have been to every club in London. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to 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 what I wanted to talk about because with with every guest, I always ask them or we discuss about the first time we met, like in a London setting or became aware of each other. And I remember the first time I saw you was um, at Benji B's club night. Shout out to Benji B. Hi. Deviation. And I remember I would see you there on a regular with you and about two or three of your friends and you would just be on the dance floor <laughs> from start to finish. And I remember just thinking like, oh, those girls are fun. And then uh... I think On A Mission maybe came out around that period. And I was like, hang on a minute, it's the girl from the club. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how how perfect. Uh... And talk to me about that time, like th- th- those early raving days. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, especially like my group of girls, um, 
that I used to go to deviation with. Actually, one of them's just like bought a dog and I just went to go see her the other day and she's like just staying in all the time now. Um, but um, at the time, yeah, it was really fun. Like I remember we just kind of met each other and we'd always be like looking like on Facebook for like a new night to go to or whatever. And like, it would be like, that was on a Wednesday night, but it was like the best night, do you know what I mean? And forward on a Thursday. And I just loved like going out in the week. I feel like it was just, it was really fun and then just like getting the night bus home and stuff like and also you'd just be in the club with all like like-minded people and at that time there was just so much sick like um hip-hop and like r&b and stuff like that coming up and um like jazz vibes that kind of you know left field of that genre sort of thing and obviously Benji was like at the forefront of it all and you know all those people's people that he'd play on his show he'd always get to play there and we'd be like ah oh, sick okay yeah let's definitely go and going down yeah it was always amazing yeah because this this would have been what 2011 ish times before that t- it's all a bit yeah. of a blur i Gosh, think it was like 2009 yeah it'll probably be around then because i went to uni in 2007 and then on a mission came out on the day that i basically left uni sort of thing like and that was 2010 yeah so the whole time Gosh. I made on a mission the album, I was going. My life was basically like going to uni, and then um, I don't even think the East London line only went to New Cross. Then no, no New Cross to uh, Whitechapel, and I used to get off at Whitechapel and then walk from Whitechapel to the Rinch Studios to DJ Zinc's studio. Um, me and G like would borrow it when he wasn't using it, and that's basically how. I made my album really and then I'd go there like once a week or something on a Wednesday and then they'd get beats in for me or whatever and then I'd just like take my little notepad well I'd always forget my notepad but I never wanted to turn up without one because I just feel like they're gonna think I'm so unprofessional so I'd always go to like Tesco's and buy a notepad and then and then go in and (laughs) write my tunes one of those one of those no one of those no frills ones yeah do you know what I mean and I just have like a million different like notepads you know how like I don't know some people artists are like oh yeah this is what I wrote all my stuff and mine's in like 20 different books and I can't even throw them away I need to like take all that out the pages and like consolidate them into one. Oh, trust me you're not you're not alone in that actually shout out to another <laughs> dj and notepad queen Josie rebel if there's anybody i know <laughs> who loves stationery and notepads it's Josie rebel so <laughs> i was gonna say that alone. as well Josie rebel she was she was always tweeting like oh, new stationery it's just that feeling you know <laughs> exactly look but it's, it's, it's what creatives need and do you know so you were holding down trying to get a degree and making your debut album like so what? So just talk, I'm just intrigued about your sort of like day to day routine. So these times were you in Peckham? Yeah, and I went to Goldsmiths. I hadn't even looked at the uni. I just was like, oh, that's around the corner. Like that'll do. <laughs> so I'd just walk there, and thankfully Goldsmiths was such an amazing place. But um, yeah, I'd wake up in the morning and walk to to like New Cross, and then. Um, yeah, have my lectures. And then after I was in loads of bands, like I, I'd, I'd always go and like be writing songs with my friends. I don't know how I did it. Like when I look back at it, I'm like, literally these days, like I try and, I don't know, even tidy my room and I'm exhausted. I don't know how like <laughs> I <laughs> was in like all these bands, making an album, trying to do a degree. I had a job, like I, I think I worked in, um 
Lewisham JD Sports. That's our words. <laughs> Classic. So, so you got you got all those um you got all those amazing drawstring bags that were like the most coveted item on like the high street. Oh gosh, do you know how many people come in and they're like, please can I have a bag, and you're not allowed to give it to them, and they're like, you just get abused because they're like, oh, I really want one. I'll pay you fifty p, and you're like, I can't. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. I can't. There's nothing I can do. Um, but then I remember performing. I think it was at Cargo once, and I was trying to like balance on this ladder, like get this guy like a hat down because you know when you have the long poles and you have to try and hook the. Um, cap off the top yeah and this guy was like what did I just see you yesterday like singing in, in um blah 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 and I was like I just went bright red and I was like I nearly fell off the ladder and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna leave now because also the manager was like Katie you're not putting enough effort into this because my old manager he was really nice and he used to let me come in at like midday because I'd always have like a show or like a rave this was when tell me was out and like as I and all the fun things oh, and stuff tunes of life yeah. <laughs> so he was like oh it's fine like no one would come into the shop like no one would come into JD Sports before midday like it just didn't happen on a Saturday so he was like it's fine but then a new manager took over and she was like yeah you have to do you have to start at 10 and I was like oh god no I can't do that can't do that so yeah I think I went in and worked in a pub after that actually or hairdressers I can't remember now yeah I don't know yes yeah, so the, the hustle but, was real yeah. you, you were sort of living like a triple <laughs> life so student artist and, and retail worker yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but it was fun. I wouldn't change it for the world. Definitely. Like I met so many fun people, like people from my job would come to the rave or, you know what I mean? It was just, it was just, it was just sick. Definitely. Yeah. Well, there's, some, there's something so magical, isn't it? About, um, I think when you're first starting out in any career, but particularly in creative careers, like when you don't know any better, you will just do everything. Like you just said, I don't know how I, I did it, but you, you, Something in you just made you want to do it, obviously, you know? I think it was just like, when you join a course, like a music course sometimes, like from Brit School and Goldsmiths, you know, um, and you just start meeting like-minded people and you just start surrounding yourself. It's like you're immersed in music and you just become so obsessed with it. It's almost like your religion or something like that. It's just like, you just, you, you know, every aspect of your life kind of revolves around it. And I was just in love with music and I, you know, I feel like as well, like working as well, I was like, I have to, this has to be my job. Like I have to, because this is, I just knew that that was my passion and I wanted to do that. And I was like, I have to make it work. Like somehow, I don't, I don't know how, but it's, it's going to happen. Well, no, it, it, it well and truly did. Like, you know, your, your sort of story is so emblematic of like the community that we find in like club culture. I think that's been a conversation I've had with so many people during the podcast about just how people just really find themselves in the club. Like, I'm just I'm I'm really intrigued about like how 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 you feel about it now when you look back on that time and and going back out there because I mean literally just last night as we record this like you just did like a sold out show. Uh yeah yeah um yeah so that that was really fun um especially like it being at Village Underground which is a great club as well as a venue like I've always seen really really good shows there and the sounds always great and everything so um. But yeah, I've got so many memories of being in the club, like even when I'm sad, like being in there, you know, or um, just meeting friends and just, yeah, I don't know. It's At the time, it was just a place of discovering music as well. We did, we, we did have the internet. Um, I suppose we did actually. Was, the other day someone was like, I miss blogs. Like, do you remember blogs? I feel like that was Oh my the time. God. There was like, put me on it. That blog was a sick blog. Um, 
Oh my god, yeah, like, Pinboard blog. Like, oh no, it was yeah. Pinboard. Oh my god, Pinboard was so good. Oh yes, and I feel like someone was like, I miss that. Like, obviously, it's sick having an algorithm and Spotify and everything, but that was mm. how we really discovered discovered music. I think. Um, and actually, I think Pinboard, like when On a Mission or, or um, Louder came out, like they posted my song and I was like, oh my God. So um, yeah, that was really cool. But I, I don't know. I guess it was like a, a place of discovery. They're, everything is so accessible now with the internet, but then you kind of had to just sort of like maneuver and find your your crowd. And I mean, it, it probably is still like that. I just, I don't know. I'm just reminiscing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's lovely. It's lovely to look back. But obviously, we've got to look forward as well. But just be, just staying in the in the past for a little bit because there's there's lots to discuss. Like, of course, oh, yeah, um, definitely. Talk to me about your uh, the club in looks because I feel like there was just <laughs> a very particular there was very particular steez like of that era like when on a mission came out and like just and like you know that the funky era or whatever like you really had to like come correct if you were going out. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, but oh God, I looked terrible those days. Oh my God, Clara. Like, I, it was so, I really did try, bless my heart, but I was just like a music nerd. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've never been like a fashion person. Like, I do try, bless, bless me. But it, even back then, it was like, you just had to like buy, like, the funky era was very different to like the dubstep. Raven, like if you were funky Raven, you had to wear heels. You had to, there were like dresses, you know, the ones which had like, I remember one time everyone was wearing like a one arm dress and then all the boys were like, you look like wrestlers. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I would wear the heels, yeah, like, and then I would be that skanky girl who take their shoes off in the dance, like, because it just hurts so oh, much. And oh. I'd come over with like dirty, dirty feet. I know it's so disgusting, isn't it? I just remember being in like bricks Listen, and fresh so many times. I'm trying not to judge. Oh I'm no, judge away, judge. judge away. But but I just, oh, well, sometimes we bring like, oh, well, we'd bring, if I was organized enough, I'd bring flats in my bag. But yeah, that is so bad, isn't it? Smart lady, you were not. You were not the only one, but there, 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 there is always, there is always that one girl. <laughs> oh no, I was that one girl. But I do feel like, uh, yeah, you had. To, I was, I was that dedicated to the dance floor, though, Clara. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to sit. True. Down. Look, you, you, it, it, it was for the art. It was for the mood. It was, it was, it was for the inspiration. <laughs> to. I wouldn't do that now. I wouldn't do that now. Um, but the dubstep Raven was obviously completely different. Like. Actually, I think I remember the first, maybe it was like the first kind of big rave I ever went to was in um, SE1. And um, that was like a jungle thing. And I remember my friend was like, oh yeah, it's like jungle drum and bass. Like I remember getting on this, my my skirt or like these little gold shoes that I had. And um, she was like, no, she was wearing like a tracksuit. And I was like, what do you do? You can't go to the club in a tracksuit. She was like, yeah, you can. It's yeah, it's like jungle drummer bass, like Kush can. And I was like, no, no, they're not gonna let us in. They're not gonna let us in. And then <clears throat> queuing up with my like photocopied passport that I changed on paint. Um it was actually worked really sick. <laughs> Copied and pasted um the numbers. And he, yeah, he let me in. And I remember him being being like, Oh, what star sign are you? And all this, and being like, um, yeah, yeah, I was born this time and I had like a fake ID. Anyway, that's another Thing. but yeah after that being like wow okay you can just rock up to the club in like a tracksuit and it's fine so the dubstep was definitely more relaxed and you could wear trainers and that was actually probably a bit, bit more of my natural habitat listen co yeah. cozy clubbing always yeah cozy clubbing definitely always always <laughs> um how like 
I, I'm really intrigued to know like what people's reaction is to you when they see you sort of out and about. Because I think the thing that's always come across about you, like from my perception, is that you've never been out here trying to be like the baitest, most famous pop star. You've always had that element of like, oh, it's just oh, it's Katie from the club, you, you, you know. <laughs> Um, and when, like, and you know, when, when you started to break and sort of like cross over, um, you know, from, I guess, club culture to the chart, essentially, like, what was people's reaction to you, like, around the city? Did you find like you get on the tube and then somebody's like, oh my God, is that, is that Katie? Because when the Olympics was on, I was living in Victoria Park at the time and they had these, they would, they would use the park to screen um, Olympic events. Um, to, to anybody, you could just roll up in the park and they'd also have like events on, so people would like DJ in there, whatever. I remember one time I was there with a group of mates and you just happened to be there with some friends and there was a DJ and you were just having a good time with your friends like in the park. I remember some girl went up to you, she's like, oh, are you, are you KEB? And you were very polite. You were very polite. You're like, oh no, I get that a lot. I just look like her, I get that a lot. And you like had your shades on, I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's it's, hap it's happening. She she's at that level now. Like people are seeing. No, but do you know what? You caught you caught me on a bad day, Clara. Yeah, because that one that I feel like usually I am just like, um, <clears throat> I am like, yeah, it's really it is really cringe when someone goes, "Are you Katie B?" And you're like, "Yeah, I am Katie B." <laughs> well, you don't really know what to say. You're just like, "Yeah," but um, <clears throat> I remember that day though. I think I had been in like. Australia or something before that and then I, th I think I hadn't had a day off in like two years or something like that and my friends were working at the bars in the in um, the Olympic Park and um, I was just like you know what today I just can't I, can't, I have to be with my friends because I, I felt like I haven't I haven't had a day with my friends I couldn't even remember the last time I had seen them and um, I but then it backfired on me because it was actually like a younger girl that had asked me and then her mum came up to me and she was like, I know that you're Katie B. I know. And I was like, oh no, 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 honestly, I'm not. I'm not. And then I remember you going up to me and being like, oh my God, I just saw all of that. And I was like, it would have been easier for me. To, I think I learned that day. I was like, yeah, it's just easier to just say, say you are. And people are just really nice. Do you know what? I've been so lucky. Like people are always so, so lovely to me. And yeah, like I think, you know, I'm not Beyonce, do you know what I mean? Like people aren't ever like act weird around me. They're just always like, oh, that, I really love your songs. Or they told me a memory of their songs or whatever. So it's it's really it's really nice actually just to meet like meet people. But I just remember that day, I just hadn't had a day off in so long. And do you know what? I remember that day as well. We were there to watch, um, I went, came to that stage to watch Cleo Soul. Cleo Soul yes! was performing. Yeah. Yes, she was. Shout out to Cleo yeah, Soul. Definitely. Gorgeous song. So, um, yeah, I remember that day. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I will stress the listener, Katie was very polite because you were polite. You were just like, you're just like, no, I just get that a lot. <laughs> I just remember the eyes behind shades, just trying to be free. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's all good. I don't want anyone to be scared but to come look, and I approach think... me, guys. I'll be, I, you know, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> where, where is the weirdest place you've been recognised in London? Like, where, where's the most, where is the most random place that oh. you've been like, hang on here, really? No, do you know what? The other day, I um, I went to Barbados. You know my friend Shakira. Yes. Um, yeah. So she it was her thirtieth last year, and she was going to Barbados. And I remember at the time, like I 
was a bit like, I think I was meant to do a video around then or something. And I was like, oh, babe, like, you know, like with all the COVID stuff, I was like, if I have to go in, if they change it and I have to do a shoot, like I can't like isolate for two weeks or whatever. So she was like, okay, cool. But then um, I was sitting at home and then, you know, <laughs> like her and my friend Eleanor, they were out there and I was like, what am I doing? Like, you're not doing anything. I was like, right, Katie, just go, go. I just booked a flight to Barbados, yeah. And then I didn't realise you need to get all these like tests or whatever and I did it like in like 24 hours I literally went to Barbados for like four days and I surprised her and I was like oh I'm surprised but oh anyway, I saw that on when... social media I saw that it was very lovely yeah because it was her 30th and you know when it, she actually flew back from LA um to come to my 30th and I just felt really bad and I was like cool but when we was flying back it obviously looked so dodgy like me going to Barbados for four days with just hanging luggage and then coming back so obviously like they took me into um like what the interrogation it, uh, immigration yeah. yeah that's it yeah and I was sitting in there with this guy and then after it was so funny the guy so we were sitting in there and he was like the guy the, I think the other guy that I was in there with was really like worried he was like you look really calm and I was like yeah no I can obviously tell like I've gone to Barbados for like four days and then come back with hand luggage or whatever um but the guy walked in and the, he was like, are you who you think I, I think you are or whatever and this other guy in the room was so because everyone had like masks on or whatever and I was like uh <laughs> so no, he was like, come with me. And I was like, oh my God, you've just made me feel like I'm Lady Gaga or something like this. Because he must have put my name into like Wikipedia or something like that. And then he was going through everything. He was asking me about my my um, music and everything. But um, I, I afterwards when I came out, the guy's cousin was there and I had my mask on and everything and a hat, a cap, everything. And this other guy was like, oh, are you KEB? Like, and I was just like, how the hell can someone recognise me with like... I don't know, a hat, glasses, like a a, 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 a mask on. It's so funny because I feel like with masks, I I just feel like I'm, everyone, I'm like so incognito, but maybe I'm not. I don't See, know. But that's you, little red. I was just thinking, I bet they saw a glimpse of the red head and like, that's still red. It's yeah, crazy. actually, that is true. That is true. It was like just poking out. It's kind of got that, I've kind of got little red hair length at the moment as well. You see, is, you yeah. see. I mean, yeah. I think the thing, obviously, we love the mask. We've got to keep safe, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, listen, I, I'm not Beyonce out here. Like, occasionally you'd be like, oh, is that Clara? Like, if I'm on the tube, so I'm like, oh, hi, I like the show, whatever. But it's, I'm not getting chased down the street. I don't have that level of celebrity and I'm I'm delighted about it. But, like, I think the, the masks, I don't know, man. I, yeah, if everyone sort of looks the same. But at the same time, look, the eyes are the window to the soul. I think if you catch <laughs> eye contact with someone, you're like, hang on a minute, aren't you... Yeah. I think most times you're, you're usually right. That's the thing. I feel like most people, it's nice, it's good sometimes. It's nice when people come up and say hello or whatever, but it's annoying when people just start filming or something before and like people just like, literally, and you're like, <laughs> so weird. Like, so weird. Um, yeah, it's just, I just find that really, really weird. I'm like, no. So, yeah. Anyone, when... just, just ask, it's fine. Like, I promise I won't do... <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a park thing and say it's not me but yeah <laughs> when you when you go back to your um when you go back to your local area what's what is the vibe like do you sort of get here as well because everyone just sort of like oh yeah that's katie like uh yeah do you know what it's really nice like um i'm actually staying with my mum and dad you know how it is it's like obviously it takes missions um so it's been really nice <laughs> no actually. pun intended i see what you it takes there. missions hey! Yeah. Oh, oh god oh my god I can't believe I just said that um yeah um but it's been really nice it's so cute like walking down the street and then you see like your friend's mum or whatever and you stop you know and um and talk 
yeah, and just catch up and stuff like that. It's really nice. And it's actually, oh, it's so nice being around there. I'm going to be moving out a little bit. I'm still going to be in London, but a little bit kind of along the zone line. But mm-hmm. like staying there for a little bit, I am like, oh God, I just, I do love it around there. Like Camberwell, Peckham, like Nunheads, East Dulwich. It is nice. It's lovely. Um it, but yeah, is, is it weird to you how much it's changed like since you were uh, growing up then, since you like went to school around there? Obviously, Definitely, like, is, 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 yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, it is. It is. It is quite weird. Um, I think that's why for a while I was a bit like, oh, it's changed. I don't want to live there anymore. Like all of the. I mean, obviously, I do. Um, I do, I do like go and see my mum and dad and I do hang out in Peckham all the time, but it's more like you just kind of dip in and dip out. But then now that I'm actually staying there, I was like, oh, you know what? It's really love, like growing up, you know, you didn't have somewhere that you could go and just like, like, I don't know. It was like to go and eat. It was either like McDonald's or like Starburger on like Rye Lane or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> there was a lady in there with like mad tattoos and you just get like a, you know, egg and chips like that was that was kind of pretty much it for me but like now it's like oh you can go and get like a nice meal or this or that but I just feel like as long as it's it doesn't change too much it is it, it is I don't know I guess we're like creatures we don't like change do we do you know oh, what I mean yeah like, people don't of course yeah me and my cousins always get together and just say how much it's changed and how much you know um but I just, yeah, I just hope, I feel like Brixton definitely, it's like very, I don't know. Of course, that was my first job when I was younger, working in, um, well, I always say working in Morley's, but people are like, the, the iconic. department store. Uh, oh, department right. oh, store. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the takeaway. Just imagine, that would be so jokes. That would be the most London thing ever, isn't it? Katie, when she was 16, working in Brixton Morley's. Oh, my that's God. What, that's why that's um, I thought you meant at first. Okay. So you, so you, yeah. So you, um, the department store. I used to work in, uh, yeah, and that was, oh, my God, that was like the funnest, funnest job ever. Um and yeah, it was just so vibes. So, yeah, and then obviously Brixton now, like there's a lot of kind of like chain shops and and I don't know, like all the, all the restaurants, like it doesn't feel, I mean, obviously there's still the, um, there are still so many amazing independent businesses and stuff, but it's funny how things have changed. And I just hope that it does. And obviously with all the kind of um, big developers and stuff, you just you do hear about all these stories and you're just like oh just hanging on to it and you just hope keep sharing these petitions that can yes. um just keep I don't know we have to keep some 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 of the vibes. and let me take this opportunity, <laughs> let me take this opportunity to say everybody save nor protect nor yes. if you know about it look it up um follow them on Instagram um yeah I am fully here down for that cause protect nor and all of Brixton Market at all costs. Um, if you don't know, yeah. get 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 googling, get searching. But it's not cute what's happening. So yeah, it's not cute. Um, you mentioned the night bus. Um, every time I chat to everybody on this podcast, they've always got a story about the night bus. Um, do do you have one? I know this sounds really bad, but I actually feel quite uh, like traumatized from the night bus. Oh, I mean, like, fair enough. Like, yeah, but you know, like as a young woman, like mm. going home, like and not. You know, I worked one day a week. Like I couldn't be getting cabs at home from Shoreditch or whatever. So mm. trying to get home to get up from my my job in JD Sports, like on a on a Saturday morning, like it. But it you, you it was horrible sometimes. Like just like 
oh, just big groups of men like kind of intimidating you and shouting and drunk people. Like even though I love it, but this is important. This is important to talk yeah. about. Like I, I do, and I like you know what I know that TFL and as they should be, and the police are you know are saying they're working to make London a safer place for women on the night bus for anybody like going home at night, but. It's, a, it's an important conversation to have because it is intimidating, mm. you know, when you're, at, when you're at a space where you maybe you can't afford to get a taxi home or you are working like, you know, zero hours contracts, whatever, and you're getting that bus sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary and it has to be safer. So like, yeah, yeah. It, that's an important conversation to have. So I'm happy that you spoke about it because people should know. Yeah, but, yeah. that is that is one side of it. Um, You know, exactly. And yeah. also, you know, there was, I, I won't say who it was, but there was a point where it was, you know, when the Sarah Everard thing came out and people just like, oh, why don't you, why I don't walk home in the dark. And oh, I ridiculous. just had to be like, I had to just be like, what, excuse me, how out of touch are you? What planet are you living on? Like, you're telling me that this woman was walking home at 9 p.m. There are people that have to get up at, like, my mum had to get the bus to work at 5 a.m. or whatever. That was her job. Like, mm. like that we, people have to do that to earn money, like, to even... I don't know, even see their friends or whatever. Like, that's just, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous, you know. And, um, yeah, that made me really, 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 really angry. My friends, you are absolutely not alone (laughs) in that at all. Like, the culture of victim blaming and just essentially hate towards women just minding their business and living their lives is, is so insidious um yeah. in, in this country so i mean globally if we're if we're gonna get really re- like yeah it is so your anger your anger is justified it's it's all good but if you don't want to yeah. talk if you don't want to talk about the night bus or actually thing, i've just okay. remembered the best memory of the night bus right Go on. so me and my friends yeah when we were younger um big up isabel naomi dana um, we used to, we used to go to our funky race so let's say we'd go to like purple e3 or whatever we, we'd always meet at isabel's house and then she lives in Campbell and then we go walk up to get the 35. And then this the 35 is a really good bus for you to do this on, guys. Um, and because it would be like we'd go go to the club and it'd be like really no one on the bus at that time. We used to call it bus surfing. So everyone <laughs> this makes your journey a little bit better. So you um if you're on the way to the club and you've got you've got your little drink. I don't know if you're allowed to do that anymore, but let's say you are. And you what you do is you all stand in the middle of um the bus and then you this is quite dangerous isn't it and then you like pretend to surf basically and it's kind of like who or whoever falls over first like loses basically and if you like the last man standing wins the bus surfing championship hey listen that sounds like a great time to me <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a and great then you get time. to the club and you've already won an Olympic medal, basically. And then you get a cap. Beautiful. Save your money for the cab. H- Hood Olympics. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Hood Olympics. I love it. Obviously, I want to talk about what's happening with you like right now. Obviously, the EP is out. It's beautiful. You're getting back out there slowly but surely. Um, when can we sort of see you like back out performing? <laughs> Um, well, I haven't got any more gigs booked in yet. That's okay. Um, but I'm I'm working on it. Definitely, I feel well. I performed at Village Underground, yeah. as you said, the um, on Monday, and um, that was incredible. It was so like because it, it was my first like headline show in like five years, and I was so nervous before. But we had so many like technical difficulties, um, and I have to big up my musical director Alex because he was just so calm throughout the whole thing, and I was like. Is he gonna like 
take a machine gun out soon and like kill us or something like that because I don't understand how you're, he's being so calm like it's so crazy but then and it, but in the end we were like you know what everyone's here just because you know they enjoy the music and everyone's rooting for me so do we just relax and just like literally had the most amazing evening and um I was really gutted that it was on a Monday actually because I was like oh I wish it was like Thursday or Friday taking it back to the clubbing days more, like yeah going out yeah, but I actually it was really nice that it was on a Monday because it was it was just like everyone kind of came to the show and it was like great energy. And then it was like, OK, go home now. And I was like, OK, great. This feels very, very like grown up. But um, it just felt like a like its own day and its own moment sort of thing. But I think after that, me and my band, um, big up um, Naz and Dexter as well and Alex, um, they were just amazing. It was so great um, to share the stage with them. But yeah, we were in the evening rehearsals. We were like, oh, we just feel like we should be going on tour yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? It just feels so weird just doing one show. Um, so I think we all got the bug, definitely. And oh yeah, hopefully, I think my agent, I'm going for dinner with her um, in the next couple of weeks. So we'll have to, I'm going to have to pl plan some some moves, Clara, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> sound, it sounds like it felt like a, like a real homecoming. Yeah, it definitely was. And as I said before, it was, it was so great that it was at Village Underground because I just, oh, I just love that venue and it just felt, yeah, it just felt just, yeah, right. Like half club, half gig, sort of. Yeah, it was it was vibes. So um, yeah, next year I think hopefully I can do a little mini tour or something like that. Wicked. Yeah, I want to talk to you about New York and the parallels of like London and New York because it, it sounds to oh, me yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know because it just like did did that, did that feel like a home away from home? Like did you oh, did you go there specifically to kind of get that London feeling, but just sort of be away from? Yeah, a million percent. Um, I feel like I don't know. I guess growing up. <clears throat> And just loving all the music that kind of came from New York, like me and my friend Shakira again, like we was like, we're gonna, we're gonna go to New York and we're gonna, it's probably like the deviation days, do you know what I mean? Like as well, we're like, yeah, we're gonna go there for like six months or whatever and like have the best time. And uh, yeah, that never kind of happened because um, we both got really busy. But then at that point, um, yeah, like a few years ago when I was like, I just need a break. Like I'd been too, doing too many shows and just being just, not taking any time off and I was like okay I'm gonna do it I'm just gonna go there for like three months I just went on my own I didn't know anyone I just got this like little studio apartment and um which was meant for musicians on Airbnb like I went on on Airbnb and I was like oh just typed in the first thing and it came up like room for musicians or whatever apartment I was like oh my god sick this is like all falling into place but actually it was like a basement with like no Roaching. windows and, <laughs> tell and, me there was no roaches and rats I beg uh Clara oh, in the god. middle of the night yeah I right woke up in the middle of the night and I just I felt something on my arm and I was like oh what's this and then I just saw this big black thing just like run off of me and I was like no that wasn't a rat was it it was and then the next day I saw a big rat there's in a rat kitchen, there's yeah. a rat in your kitchen <laughs> in my kitchen it just scurried all night I could hear them I had rats in my apartment babe and the, the rat was <clears throat> in my bed before like with me so I checked myself out of this hotel Oh, no, of this hotel, this apartment, this Airbnb. I paid for it for like three months. And then I moved into like where my friend had just been staying previously. And I was like traumatized. I was literally shaking like, I've, I just like a rat was in my bed and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I need to just stay here. In the morning, I called my mum. I was eating my cereal and it was like 
man dies from virus disease, from rats, and three people in hospital. And I was like, called my mum and I was like, I'm coming home. I've got your ID to go. She was like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. But I remember being like, I moved out of there. And it was really sad because it was like, that was like Bushwick. And it was like really sick, really vibey. I was in this kind of big house, like even though that was like the basement flat that everyone else living in there was like musicians and stuff. And I was just like, oh. And then I, I moved to um, Manhattan into kind of like a much more kind of sterile apart. It was like a travel lodge or something. Do you know what I mean? But um, that was around Hell's Kitchen, which, which is actually a really, really That's cool Alicia area. That's Alicia Keys' area, isn't like, it? I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. yeah. I love the way you know that because I knew that as well. And you know. I was like, oh, I love it. I felt like, oh my God. I am, by the way, I'm like the biggest Alicia Keys fan. Like, so Have awesome. you met yet? So, no, I haven't actually, but uh, I did, did I did I tell you, do you know the story about me writing a let her a letter when I was like 11 or something? Do you know what? Drop my, drop my memory. I don't know. I basically, it was, it's not even that much of an interesting story, but I just remember like writing her and sending her like a demo. And it had like the story, because my mum still has a copy of this letter. It's so funny. Like I think I wrote it on like Word or something. And it was like, this song is about a man having an affair. With, like I must, <laughs> just must have been watching so much like Coronation Street. And like, yeah. And, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, obviously I didn't hear anything back. But years later when I um, was working with Mark Ronson, I think he was working with her as well. Yeah. And he did, he was like, oh, I'm with Katie B and she loves you or whatever. And then I don't know, I can't remember what she said back, but she was like, hey, Katie, well, I sent him a message or whatever. But for me, that was just like, oh Full my, circle oh moment. God. She knows my name. Like, yeah, so, um, yeah. But yeah, Hell's Kitchen, I, I, I loved it. There was like a, a bar at the end of my road. Because I was on my own, I just made friends with like, people who were like running the restaurant or whatever I'd go and have dinner and stuff like that and there was like an old man who was like from you know like kind of like West Side Story was kind of set around there and he was kind of telling me all about like growing up around the, that kind of era and all these stories I'm such a romantic Clara like Same. I love it you know what I mean like, I love were all you, these you, you were stories basically, you were basically in New York doing up main character you were like I'm the mysterious oh my god London. I watched all the se- all the series of um, Sex in the City I started watching um, Seinfeld I was watched all of Girls oh my god I did, all I did was watch series and pretend that I was I was like and the thing is people it's so funny like all my cool friends that like, like, like New York are like oh you were living around Times Square I was like no I loved it like all the you know like I probably felt like I was in a movie set like it was yeah it was really fun but after a while I was a bit like oh god I need to come home now like I'm I'm literally because if I I don't know I feel like my publishers I was thinking oh maybe I'll work out there and stuff like that but when I moved into this other flat like the walls were really thin and I didn't really like feel comfortable like singing all the time there and stuff like that um but yeah, it was it was it was fun. I remember actually randomly I went to um um Electric Lady Studios as well. Oh, um, I well met famous. Kareem Riggins. I met Kareem Riggins because I was gonna he was gonna um the drummer was gonna we were gonna work together at some point and um he was like, Oh, do you wanna come later? I'm doing a studio session with Robert Glasper and Common and I was like, um I don't, yeah, I think so, yeah. I was like, definitely. And he was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go back to the studio, but like, just come, I'll, I'll text you later and you can just like come down or whatever. So I remember going there and like just being, I, th- I don't think I had anything to wear because I went there in like February and then it was like March or April and I remember just going there in this like fur coat because it was like the fanciest thing I had, but I was like sweating and then Common being like eating his food and being like, oh, do you want to like a Brussels sprout or something? And I was like, I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> but it was amazing. That's when they were making, um, 
they they made like a collaborative album, mm. and, I, and so it was lovely to just sit in the studio and watch the, watch those guys work. So yeah, there was always a random things that happens and happened, and I was like, yeah, you got you really got to fun. be that girl. You got to did you? Did, I really did. Did you yeah. rinse, did you rinse your did you rinse your uh, your London accent to to get things? Were people charmed by it? Did you give them full Mary Poppins? Like I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a coffee, please. Oh, that's, yeah, but that's the annoying thing though. People in America always think like you're Australian or something. They always get it like mixed up. They was like, oh, what part of Australia are you from? I'm like, no, I'm from from England, from London. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. No, but it's really funny because I think my romantic um, notion was like, oh, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to make friends with all of these New Yorkers. And it was like on the second day, like I met um, a guy from like London, um, Brighton and a guy from Sheffield and we became like best friends like <laughs> instantly. And I was just like, okay, you're my, you're my crew. Like, and yeah, I just hung around with like a lot of English. Um, but um, people... Um, Jubilee, Jess Jubilee, a DJ. Um, oh, she really looks after. I know she's incredible, but it's so funny because I feel like we met on a boat. Um, we were doing like this cruise, um, like a, a mad decent cruise in like Miami years before, and we met. And I was like, she's sick. Like I, oh, I love her so much. And I was, she didn't even know this, but I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna move to New York, and like Jubilee's gonna be my best friend. Like it's fine. Like she'll look after me, sort of thing. And then um, I remember hitting her up being like, hey, like whatever. She was like, oh yeah, I'm on tour for like two months or something. So I was like, oh, okay, great. And I, I don't have any friends. But she, when, when she did come back for the last month, um, her and Nigel, yeah, they proper looked after me, definitely. So you manifested it. Beautiful. I did, I did, definitely. A yeah. uh, couple more questions. Food, where are you going to eat around London? What, where, where are your go-tos Ooh. or like any memorable meals? Like what, what's, what's your spot to get that good, good? Oh, well, I think obviously there you can't have, you can't talk about London food without talking about pie and mash, like definitely. Someone asked me the other day, do you like Manzies or Goddard's? And I was like, neither. I would go to, um, if you're South London, you will know about Armand's on Woolworth Road. That's where I'd go with my nan um, and my dad. And there used to be one in Peckham as well. I think it was called like Simon's or something. And that used to be where... Um, like, yeah. you know where Peckham Rye train station is? There's like, um, I think it's like a gourmet burger kitchen oh, or something now. Maybe it's changed <laughs> again. But out there, that used to be the littest pie and mash shop. And I remember when um, it was like mad cow's disease or something. And my mum banned us from having pie and mash. And it was like the, the worst thing ever. But my dad used to still see there to get it. So. What, what a time. <laughs> so... I mean, he could have killed us, but nothing comes in the way of, yeah, my dad and Pye Mash. So, yeah, guys, if you're in Woolworth or Elephant Castle um, Road and you want some some authentic Pye Mash, definitely get down to Armand. A recommendation. Also, I've got to ask, yeah. I mean, you kind of touched on it before, but maybe you got you want to do something completely different. If you were mayor for the day, if you were in charge of the city, what, what would you change about? What would you want to see? What would you do? It could be anything. Oh, yeah, maybe I would do that then if we're the night bus. Maybe they need like, we'd have some like security on them to make people feel a bit safer. You know how we used to have a conductor? We used to have the conductor, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, not that that stopped us being troublesome on the bus when we were younger. Like, <laughs> we were always really rowdy, but you know, at least like, yeah, it would be, that would be really, really good. That would be really, um, really nice. I think that would be great. Lovely. And I don't think that would be, I don't think that would cost too much money, actually. That's a good idea. They need to do that. 
But then we need to make sure they're safe as well. Well, just like, exactly that part. Oh, it's never ending, babe, is it? Babe, but, yeah. Katie, thank you so, 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 so much for your time. I'm glad that you are oh. rat free. I'm glad oh. that um, we know where to get good pie and mash. I'm glad yeah. that the voice is getting back out there. Very excited oh. you're going to bring us next year and thank you thank you for sharing your version of the city with us it's it's been a joy oh, thank you so much thank you clara big love thank always you. thank you so very much for joining me for another episode of this city i've been your host clara anfo and if you've enjoyed the podcast please let us know tell a friend to tell a friend please rate review and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you can catch the next episode as soon as it lands thank you so much again for listening this has been a sony music fourth floor creative production